Greetings, fellow podcast travelers. It was the great Archimedes. Remember him? Uh, he worked in uh, HR for a while. Then he transferred over to engineering. You remember Archimedes. He was a nice guy, super popular, told sort of inappropriate jokes. But it was the great Archimedes who said, give me a lever and I will move the world. And that is what we want to talk about today. Because you're about to embark on a three-part podcast series. And the topic of this three-part podcast series is not Archimedes, although kind of it is. The topic of this three-part podcast series are the three big changes you can engage to ensure your organization will successfully improve. improvement what we want anyway i mean isn't that where we're going to go hi everybody it's todd conklin this is a pre-accident podcast thanks for listening if you're just tuning in um well welcome aboard i mean this is a good time to to tune in if you're an old hand been listening a long time it's uh good to have you back so a three-part podcast on the three levers that exist that create the most potential for change in organizations of all size, big, little, uh, fancy pants, plain, rich, poor, you know, pick, pick whatever two value, uh, delineator you want for your organization. And that's what we're going to talk about. It's been interesting. And part of the story of this podcast is that one of the questions that I get over and over again, not that it's a bad question, nor is it boring, but people say, you know, what do other organizations do to successfully uh, get this message out, to successfully create change, to diffuse this idea throughout the organization? And I think that makes sense. We want to model success based upon other success. And you know, especially if you think about how change happens, sort of if you look at the, the continuum of change, we we start out by believing that the answers will come within. And then about halfway through the change cycle, we look outside for examples of change. And then eventually when we change, we become good at sort of understanding and learning from ourselves. Um, that's the classic tech doc 1329, uh, in a nutshell, I just gave it to you really quickly. What's interesting is that these three levers of change are pretty valuable for us to think about, but they're also quite doable. So at no point am I going to talk about inventing the space shuttle or spending a bazillion dollars. I mean, it's it's just not like that. The changes are are philosophical shifts. That's how change happens. We change the way we think, which therefore then changes the way we act. We know that. But these changes make a huge difference and really are, I think, foundational for creating organizational success. So that's what we want to talk about. That That's where we want to go. And the three changes, and we'll hit them in order, are, are again, they're not simple, because simple is probably the wrong thing to say, but they're straightforward and understandable. And, in fact, one of the challenges I want to give you as we go on this little journey is 
I want you to think about your organization or organizations. You can actually go back into your history. That's fine. And ask yourself, are these things we did when we created success? And that's what we want to talk about. And remember, progress doesn't fall on a, a, a one-direction path. That progress always ebbs and flows. It makes huge leaps and then sneaks backward. And we've certainly learned that if you've uh, been alive in the last, I don't know, several years. There's been lots going on there. Uh, don't want to belabor that too much, right? But part of what's so important for us to think about is how these changes happen. And really, most importantly, for this podcast and the two subsequent podcasts that will follow us, is what do these changes look like? So let's talk about the first lever and perhaps the most important. So one of the things, I'll just be really honest with you, that I've thought about tremendously is are these in some kind of order? Are these in the order of most important to least important? And I'm really kind of on the fence on that. I, I don't, I think they're all equally important, which is such a cheeseball thing to say because that's like saying nothing. And yet, if they're all equally important, they clearly always kind of come back to this order. And when you observe other organizations, you'll sort of see where they're all equally important, but they're foundational upon each other. They're, the, the, the word we'd use in sociology is they're prepotent of one another. You must have one before you can have two. You must have two before you can have three. And so they're not necessarily in rank order. They're not in order of importance, but they're, they're, they're like the layers of a cake, and when have I not used an opportunity to use a cake metaphor? I mean, I, I never miss a chance to use a cake metaphor. So if you think of these as, as the bottom layer, the foundation, the mid layer, which I think makes a huge difference, and then the upper layer, that's going to give us a relatively good understanding of what these changes do. So without much further ado, let's talk about the first lever to facilitate change. Okay, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Of the three levers that cause change, lever one is very important and incredibly significant to building success in your organization. And the reason is, is because the first lever is changing the way you define what you want. And so what we're really talking about is the art of creating the question, the, the, the research question, if you will, the target. And the target is in the question. And so when organizations want to move towards doing safety in a better way, a different way, the very first lever that has to be pulled, and perhaps foundationally the one that's going to start everything else on this journey, is the new definition of safety. Now, you know, because we've talked about this a million times, but in our world, what we're doing is getting organizations to actually break the bonds of some 40, 50, 60 years of tyranny in believing that safety is the absence of harm. So the way we measure safety is we measure the number of people we hurt. The more number of people we hurt, the worse we are at safety. 
which actually is an incredibly interesting artifact that points to a rather archaic definition of safety trying to prevent bad things from happening. When in reality, what we want to do is help our organization understand that safety is not the absence of accidents, it's the presence of capacity. Safety doesn't try to stop things from going wrong. Safety assures things will go well. And this shift in definition is stunningly important to changing philosophically the problem that we're going to solve. And what we're doing is we're actually, and this is really true, we're actually breaking away the old paradigm and in inserting, replacing is probably even a better word, a new paradigm. And the reason this is so powerful is because foundationally what this changes is the way people think about this problem to be solved. Now, that is a powerful tool. Because if we can get the organization collectively to revisit the problem with this new frame, that it's not about removing the, the, the bad things. It's not about predicting the unpredictable. It's actually quite different. It's about creating an environment that assures performance happens in a way that we need it to happen. But we're not doing it by removing the negative we're actually adding the positive. Now, we've talked about this a bazillion times. I mean, a bunch of times. So you understand why that change is there. But you also understand that that change is really attached to some incredibly powerful past learnings, like the, like the, the safety pyramid, the Heinrich model, right? And, and people really believe, because we've told them to believe, that failure is predictable and that every failure is preventable and that if we really do a good job and workers are obedient, bad things will not happen. And uh, that's just not true. I mean, I want it to be true. I'd love it to be true. That would be the coolest thing on earth if that were true. But unfortunately, it's not. And so lever number one for successfully creating change is is this ability to first and foremost shift the paradigm. And I hate using that word. I've thought about this a ton. Paradigm is kind of a clinical word. It's, a, it's an academic word. But what we're really doing is shifting some old mindsets into some new ways of thinking. And what the new way of thinking does, and the reason this lever, this change component is so important is because it opens up both intellectually and practically an entire universe of new ways to actually move forward and create improvement. If we hold on tightly to the old way of thinking, then what we end up doing is, is we end up doing the same things over and over again hoping they will have a different outcome. Th that's never true. And we know that's never true. In fact, in some parlance, that is the definition of insanity. 
Now, I'm not saying we're crazy. Well, I think we're crazy like a fox. But what I'm telling you is that problem isn't a problem we're going to solve by asking people to think better about the old ways. What we want to do is have them think differently using these new ideas. And it works beautifully. But it's going to take some time. Because you're going to replace old knowledge with new knowledge. And there's a relatively controversial school of thought around this idea. Can you replace old knowledge with new knowledge? My quick answer for us, and it's just us talking, is, yeah, that's how it's always done. And what we want to do is we want to build a, a bridge. That's a metaphor. We don't actually have to build a bridge. But we want to, we want to take people on this intellectual journey where we take them from where they are to where we're going. And the key to that is knowing, A, where we are, and B, knowing where we're going. And so what this lever does is it helps us answer the B. This tells us where we're going to go. We're going to go to this new definition of safety. Safety is not the absence of harm. It's the presence of safeguard, right? That idea, that shift becomes not only our target, but also our mantra. It's our message. And we message this carefully. And one of the ways we'll do that is by simply being very deliberate in helping people understand that this new, more modern definition of safety is the direction in which we're moving. Now, there are two ways to change organizations. There are probably more than two ways, but there are two ways that come to mind almost immediately. One is you can educate your organization into becoming different. The second is that you can act your organization into becoming different. I will suggest that what we're doing in this first lever is some of column A and some of column B. We're educating them in that we're giving them a new notion of what safety is defined as. And then we're repeating that message every chance we can and reinforcing that by telling stories of safeguard success, of barrier success, of control success, of capacity to reinforce the idea and act the organization into becoming a different place. It means that we have to stop only telling stories of failure and start telling stories of success. And where we tell these stories of success are within the leadership community that exists within our organization. So one of the things, and you know this is true because you live in this world, is that when we talk about safety, it's almost always as a deficiency to the operation. It's the reason why something bad happened. When in reality, what we have to do as a part of this first change lever is to actually help them understand that what safety mostly does is work well. In fact, the vast majority of times, what safety does is work well. And so if you think about, for instance, Eric Hallnagel, you've heard us talk about him before, right? 
And one of the questions he posits, and he does it often, and he's done it for years, is what's happening when nothing bad's happening? We talked about that, right? Part of what that does is reinforce this new thinking. It changes the way we frame the problem, which by definition will change the way we solve the problem. And again, I'm trying really hard not to put everything in this problem-solution frame, because change is really more than problem-solution, but it's such a brilliant way to illustrate this immediate first idea. There's nothing you will accomplish until you redefine the success factor. Everything else will be kind of wasted energy, wasted effort, wasted resource, wasted time. And so very clearly, one of the initial things that has to happen, one of the very first levers you must pull to create change is to really change how we define what we want. And actually, once we've changed how we define what we want, you'll be pleasantly surprised. In fact, I would suggest happily surprised in watching that have influence. Now, how will you know this change happens? Well, there's a couple of things that you can look for. The easiest and probably one of the most effective metrics that you can look at is listen to the vocabulary your organization uses to define safety or really whatever change that you're trying to put through the organization. We're talking about safety because that's what we talk about. And you'll see pleasantly that new language creeps in quickly and tends to reinforce itself. So you want to have people use the language of the change because that reinforces the very change itself. But I can't say this enough to you. And in fact, this is pretty important to what we want to talk about. The messaging you give around this new definition has to be consistent and always present. Never miss a chance to talk about safety as the presence of capacity to do work well. And once we build this bridge so that when people think of safety, they immediately think not of the, the, the fun police or audits or deficiencies or trouble, but they think about actually creating systems where work is done better, work is done more efficiently, and work is done more reliably, that change in and of itself will do anything. And part of the power you have is that by changing this initial definition, this first lever, you're building confidence in the belief that the organization can become better. Now, don't underestimate this, because this is huge. Remember, you can educate people into changing, or you can act them into changing. One of the most powerful parts of acting an organization into change is having them believe, truly believe, having confidence around the idea that they can actually do high-risk, critical work incredibly reliably. They can do this 
better than anyone else on earth. Now, that's not Pollyanna. That's not fantasy. We're not just buttering people up. That's actually building confidence and capacity in the organization, in its belief that it can actually do this better than it's ever done it before. And once you have that new definition out there, and you're consistently reinforcing that definition, and you're telling stories of how that definition, in fact, exists in your organization, you're telling stories of capacity, you're telling the stories of the accidents that didn't happen, you'll find that confidence reinforces itself. Now, this never goes away. And that's why this first lever for change is foundational. It's, it's the first one you have to... It's probably not the most important. They're kind of equally important. But this one is the basis upon which all other change will be constructed. Change how you define what you want. Or maybe I could say that better. Change how your organization defines what it wants, and then look for artifacts, look for indicators in the language the organization uses when it talks to itself to reinforce this idea of this new definition, of this new paradigm. And once that's there, and you'll know it's there, and what's exciting about this is that you'll become successful at it. There's no question. This will make a huge difference. That is one-third of the journey. This idea that you change how the organization defines what they want is the very basis upon which improvement is built. If you want different answers, if you want different outcomes, you have to ask different questions. That's always true. That's not going to go away. I mean, that's just always true. Part of what you're doing is taking that idea and using it both strategically and tactically, so for the long term and the short term, to create the environment in which organizational and operational improvement can exist. That's lever one. Change how your organization defines what you want. Change your definition of safety. And once you start that new definition, you socialize that new definition, you advertise that new definition, you reinforce that new definition, then what you can do is sit back and listen carefully for other people in your organization to use that new definition back to you. And the moment you hear them use that back to you, the moment you hear an argument where they challenge you and they redefine safety based upon this new idea, or they challenge another leader and they redefine safety based upon this new idea, that's when you know that your idea has some stick to it. Now, it's going to ebb and flow. It'll move backwards and forwards. And the first time something bad happens, it's like a clap of thunder and the horse runs back to the barn. But that's okay. Because all organizations move forward and then move back. All organizations make progress 
and then they backslide. That's how it works. That'll never go away. You're going to have a job forever. I mean, that's probably not that appealing sounding, but it'll be there forever. But know that every time you make this effort to change how the organization defines what they want, you're reinforcing these new ideas. It's a powerful tool. And it's beautiful. And it's beautiful because it works, but it's also beautiful because this is the beginning of the change strategy that we're going to talk about. Change how your organization defines what it wants. Change the definition of safety. Safety is not the absence of accidents. Safety is the presence of capacity. Oh, Archimedes, give him a lever and he will change the world. That is the first lever. That's lever number one. We want to change how we define what we want. We want to change the definition of safety, and then we want to use that definition as much as we can. That change strategy is extremely important and makes a gigantic difference. Write that one down because that one actually will have some legs to it. And like I said about a million times, you got to do that one before you can do anything else. Because that change in defining what the organization wants to become, that's fundamental to actually facilitating the organization so it can be successful in the change. That's the first lever. That lever makes a huge difference. And that one we've talked about so many times before, but this discrete opportunity to talk about why it makes a huge difference, that pretty much makes up the podcast for today. So there's three of these. The first one is changing how the organization defines what it wants. Change that definition of safety that's ingrained, that's ensconced, that's trapped in the mind and the history of your organization. Move them from the old definition Safety is the absence of accidents to the new definition. Safety is the presence of capacity. Safety allows work to be done well. That makes a difference. And that's the first of three. Thanks for listening. Have a good time, you guys. Learn something new every single day. Um, Be kind to each other. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Check in on one, one another. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. I'll see you for part two next week. Be ready because it's going to be really exciting. Part two coming up. Until then, be safe again. (laughs) 